know, I've gone through the injury process enough times at this point and, and not really knowing what it was about and everything that going into this one, you know, I, I just, I, I tried to embrace it in a slightly different way. Normally, I always am kind of taking the, the, the idea, like I, I strongly believe that any injury or anything, any obstacle that you have to overcome is really just an opportunity to become better. And I still believe that fully through this injury and I'm really excited, but I just, with, with getting injured at my, the race that I love the most on the entire schedule at Alcatraz and having this pretty emotional build up to that, not knowing if my foot was gonna hold up and then breaking the foot and everything, I really needed to just take a week and and do some stuff like that. And you go, you know what? I can't go to the gym right now and fix anything about this. So might as well seize the moment, do some stuff that I've wanted to do and really just you know, immerse myself in that moment. And then when the time comes that I can actually do something about it, then take action. Otherwise, you know, just like sitting around and, and worrying and being upset about something, that doesn't accomplish anything, so. In the climate of social media right now and, and professional athletes as a business that they're trying to grow and get a bigger following and everything, you tend to filter out anything that you think might not be popular, right? That people might not, you know, every time I put out a picture of me smiling and happy and crossing the finish line holding a tape, you know, it gets a thousand likes. And if I post a picture of myself in a dark room looking upset, it gets 300 likes. Um, so you tend to like cut out all those real moments that are actually like a super important part of the process and you get this, you know, you get this unrealistic, this unrealistic look at what this is actually like. And, and that really, that, that bugs me because I think you're exactly right. Everybody in the, in the world really actually goes through all these hard times. And if we're constantly just pretending like they don't exist, every single person is looking around going like, well, why isn't my life? amazing at every single moment. I think it is. I guess I'll just post some fake picture of me being way happier than I am, even though I'm injured and I can't do anything, you know? So by, by telling this continuous story and everything, I think you, you allow people to come along on that journey. And when you do ultimately uh, hit a big one and do really well, like it means something. It's not just, oh, well, Eric did really well in, you know, three months ago and then we didn't hear from him. And then he did really well again. Weird, I wonder why he did, I wonder where he was in between, whatever. You know, invited us to go do the local triathlon and kind of gave us the link to register for it. So I went out and did it and I didn't do well at all. I think I got second in my age group, you know, which is saying a lot for a, a local triathlon and stuff. And it was probably, it was a sprint, I think I, my time was an hour and 31 minutes or something, but the energy of everybody there just totally sucked me in with the positivity and that I was my first one. And so many people were so positive and excited. Um, it was like really uh, intoxicating or, you know, addicting to me coming from a little bit of a contrast in the swimming world where there were parents yelling at their kids on deck because they didn't yeah. get a best time or something like that. And so anyway, I just I just kind of kept coming back for more and it really grew organically for me. I, I think, you know, talent's like kind of a tricky word and everything. And I think a lot of people like to say that they weren't talented and they, they were, you know, a hard worker and stuff. But um, yeah, I, nothing ever came easy. Like I said, I'm, I'm not the guy who went to the first triathlon and won it. I was 
miles back, I think it was four years before I ever won a triathlon overall when I was 16 or 17. And then I went to my first eight, uh, whatever they call it, junior nationals. And I, oh, man, I got 10th or 12th out of 16 kids at my first draft legal thing. And so I didn't do another one of those for several years. Um, I was never any good at running my 5k PR and high school was 17 16 so i would in no way say that any of this kind of came quickly or easily but i do think i might if i had a talent it would just be for the kind of the way that i approach a lot of things with applying myself 100 percent. it's like in an almost a maniacal way and really it's it, it borders like it borders on obsessive for sure like when i'm really excited about something i can just throw myself into it so hard like i can't think about anything else and i think that's what's allowed me to excel in triathlon is kind of like that level of focus and intensity over time great power comes great responsibility or something but i suck at the responsibility side i i really I'm not good at, at pacing myself. When I when I get into a new book or when I get into a new sport or a new hobby or something, like it's really, really hard for me to say, okay, just do two hours of it a day. You know, no, it's just like I'll miss I'll forget to eat dinner. I'll just be editing a video until one AM without even realizing it and just I it, it's it's been really great, you know, the periods of time where I'm have to be at my parents' house or when, you know, I'm with Paula and and this they can actually say, hey, you need to you need to chill, you need to stop for a second and snap me out of that zone. The word balance, it doesn't sound like anything's nothing's moving, yeah. right? Everything's kind of staying the same. Yeah, it, it you have to really upset balance to have movement like in any direction or another, and you know I. It's, I think it's, it's a word that gets thrown around, right? And, and you say, oh, I needed to be, be a little bit more balanced. And it's saying, well, I, I was 99% I was over here and I had 1% of other things in my life and I got more balanced by bumping it to 80, 20 yeah. or something. You know, it's, we're not talking about, oh, you just look like, when, when people look at an elite athlete or a triathlete or, you know, someone who's doing something great, it is not a life of balance. There's an extreme, there's an extremity in some places. And that's just, I think that's the nature of, of achieving at a really high level. Yeah, yeah, totally. That kind of goes back to the adrenaline junkie um, mindset for me. There's so much happening. You're so stimulated. You have to be pretty much completely in flow to to win in an environment like that. You know, if, if nothing is ever gonna go exactly the way that you planned it because there's so many elements and everything. So you just have to be able to adapt to whatever comes up. And, and I, I, yeah, I love that fast pace, just react, you know, let your body and your, your, I don't know, your muscle memory, whatever. So I emailed Paulo, um, kind of saying, hey, I'm looking for a, a training group or something and, and, and blah, blah, blah. I'm not working with my old coach and I want to take things to the next level. And I got a back a like an automated response from him. It's like, I will be accepting applications for my triathlon squad in December, 2018. And you know, as I have every year in the you know, blah, 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 Paulo. And I just, I was like, screw this guy. He can't even freaking send an actual response to my email, whatever. So that was the first interaction I had with him. Rejection. 
The biggest thing about working with the triathlon squad is is your attitude. Like nobody who's just super duper talented but is a complete jerk or it doesn't have some degree of you know humility isn't isn't going to isn't going to make it isn't going to be accepted or whatever like the, the entire core principle of the group is that you just show up every single day and you work hard and and it's that simple it's not oh i don't need to work as hard because i'm better or this or you just you know it's just like check your ego at the door just show up everybody's trying to get better than they currently are and if you're fully bought into that you know it, it the results prior results are kind of secondary no it was, it was a really hard time because i had kind of mentally shifted gears back into okay i'm gonna have to do some itu racing i'm gonna go for the olympics i realized that i have a chance now and i'd gotten you know mentally emotionally attached to that so when it didn't end up happening i i definitely took a big chunk of time where i just kind of sorted through feelings, tried to decide what I wanted to do, and I ultimately didn't end up making this move to 70.3 for another two years. I kind of kept doing ITU because I had this sense of unfinished business, you know, and it's just, it's hard to let go of. It's a really, it's a really addicting style of racing and, and the culture around it when you're at a WTS race, it's just, it's the show. Mm -hmm. It is a big freaking deal. Like the entire, these big cities shut down so that you can race, there's TV cameras everywhere. It's, you know, it, it feels as professional as our sport feels. And, you know, and the things that I've seen, I haven't been to 70.3 Worlds, I haven't been to Kona, but of the things I've seen, it's just on another level of, 